So I gave myself like layers and I don't know, it's like, you know, I really think that this is part of when I was a creative director. I guess I still am. Let me reframe that. When I was a creative director, like in fashion for like fashion shows and photo shoots, I was very particular about how everything looked. You kind of have that like very detailed eye, but it becomes kind of critical when it's for yourself. I don't know. Is that just me? Talk to me about it. What's going on, wolves? Ah, it's another matcha morning. I am, again, truly baffled. It's actually kind of insane that I am recording yet again. I mean, and I put on lipstick this time, y'all, and like eyeliner. I don't wear foundation unless like it's like a photo shoot photo shoot and even then like it really gotta be it's just it's a lot of work for me i wish i could be a makeup girly so bad but i'm not i would love to master a nice like smoky brown eye it's not the cards for me maybe in the future i mean if you want to teach me let me know i'm also down to learn my name is Lotus Aloba, and i am the host of the loba land podcast and i'm still playing around because it's also like lotus and loba land we're going to get into theory of like what it is that i actually do here on this podcast and why it was created and also like a level of intimacy because I'm going to talk about the origin of my name. I feel like so many people don't understand my name or don't even know the significance. To prepare, make sure you have something very warm or just something to drink, something that you want to sip on and savor because it's definitely going to be story time. I'm going to be reading from two of my favorite books so you'll be able to get more in depth on my name and what it means for me and how it's just like this really beautiful reminder in life. Before we get into that, let's talk about what I'm sipping on. I'm actually not sipping on matcha today. I am sipping on, um, it reminds me of that TikTok that's like, I'm no longer with so-and-so, I'm with so-and-so. I, I don't know why I reference things that I cannot <laughs> properly reference. And anyway, so this is a golden milk hybrid. So I did a kava stressfully uh, tea bag, and then I added some the super ancient turmeric mix from Organic Burst with some milk and some creamer. That's what I'm sipping on right now. It's actually like a really pretty yellow color. And of course, salute to another episode. Look at us being consistent. Yes. <clears throat> I really needed that so badly because whew, your girl was feeling like all of the energy of airy season coming in. I don't think I ever spoke about my name in detail. I think at some point in time, maybe I've had a discussion about it. So I have a lot of names and I'm not going to get into all of them because they're very ancestral. They're very personal. If you're really, really close with me, you'll probably hear about them. The story of it, the origin story. My mom named me after everyone she could possibly name me after and then created a unique name from those names and like essentially the part of my name that is like because all, all of my names are of me even if they are ancestral names they're still my name they all mean something and i embody each and every ancestor that i'm named after all the energy the qualities of i embody they are a part of my identity but that's a very like there's levels to intimacy <laughs> that's for me and my ancestors and my mother because she blessed me with the name but lotus is just it's for us it's for you it's for me it's for the world at large it's for the legacy that i'm leaving behind professionally so i want to just preference that and it's not that i don't enjoy my name i love my names however for the work that i do and how public it is it's very much like this is the name that i've given you honor that respect it because i still answer by it it's still my name is still part of my identity if i didn't give you permission to call me anything else don't do it to yourself it'd be a very awkward experience for you because I won't respond <laughs> especially if I'm like why are you calling me that what the hell like it's so weird I feel like I have to get that disclaimer because people get really weird about or I've noticed that with names in general people are like is that your real name I'm like it is my real name like that's my name 
that's like I don't understand that concept you know what I mean like Rihanna's name is Rihanna as much as it is Robin it doesn't make it a fake name and I'm not just saying that because it's her middle name just in general like Alanya Benzant, Bell Hooks, Maya Angelou, Master J Walker they have variations of their names but you call them by the name that they've asked and you honor that and it doesn't make it less personal or intimate so I just want to like Put that out there because we're gonna have a different level of intimacy in this episode and I really want to make sure that nobody's getting tripped up on things that they don't need to be tripped up on. So my name is Lotus Lalova <laughs> and I'm gonna break down what each name means because a lot of people don't even know that Lalova means something unless you are of like Latin or Hispanic descent and you understand that you know Loba means wolf so there's a whole thing to that and even to the name of my podcast and my company this ecosystem I'm building with Loba Land what does that even mean I don't think I've ever talked about it so we're gonna do it today I guess we get into the first name Lotus it's a very famous flower for its healing properties and then also a lot of guys that meet me will do one or two things they either are like oh like the car which i've had to learn that lotus is like this really exclusive car which is very cool love that so now i'm like lotus like the flower or the car and then it registers one way or another to the person or they'll start singing lotus flower bomb that was a big thing when that song came out everyone sang my name for years it just started to die down even though now that i think about it i think that's so beautiful that my name inspires song but like maybe we should bring that back because that was a really cute experience for me the two books that i wanted to utilize to kind of help tell the story of what my name means and just to, to show more meaning to it are these two books. First, it is No Mud, No Lotus. Love this book. This book got me through a really, really transformative time in my life where it was extremely dark and this book was a light. Then, of course, my tried and true book that I talk about all the time is Women Who Run With The Wolves. You guys can see... <laughs> I love this book, first and foremost. Love, love, love this book. So this book really explains a lot about like my ethos with Loba Land and the work that I do, as well as my actual last name. And then this book talks about more of me like on a personal level and my first name. So let's start off with this book. Lotus is, again, like I said, a very famous healing flower. What a lot of people don't know about a lotus flower is that it blooms in like the ugliest of spaces. What it does is in that space, it creates hope. It beautifies things that people have given up on, things that should not be beautiful or consider like ugly or undesirable the lotus flower comes and then provides a unique beauty to that space and that space becomes almost sacred if you will and that always really resonated with me like seeing the little lotus flowers around my mom's apartment when i was growing up understanding the significance of the name spiritually outside of the fact too that if you read like sacred woman by queen of four she speaks about the lotus people and those people being the originators of like sacred living and how they were in divine union and harmony with not only each other but mother earth itself and spirit there's just so much that's attached to my first name that I deeply appreciate and when you say Lotus it does feel like a prayer because it's that reminder to me that I've bloomed in some of the most craziest situations I have been through some really uh, muddy experiences and I've been able to beautify every single one and with that experience came a beautification of not only my spirit my mind of the work that I do just the energy that I carry so I'm really appreciative of that and I want to read a part of the book that helps to explain more of the name no mud no lotus a flower can't be by herself alone a flower can only interbe with everything else you can't remove the sunlight the soil or the cloud from the flower in each of our plum village practice centers around the world we have a lotus pond everyone knows we need to have mud for lotuses to grow the mud doesn't smell so good but the lotus flower smells very good if you don't have mud the lotus flower won't manifest you can't grow lotus flowers on marble without mud there can be no lotus and i love the repetition in this it's just that reminder there is a 
fullness to life where it is equal beauty, equal ugliness, if you will, or the duality between creation and destruction. Both are necessary for the full experience in life. It is possible, of course, to get stuck in the mud of life. It's easy enough to notice mud all over you at times. The hardest thing to practice is not allowing yourself to be overwhelmed by despair. When you are overwhelmed by despair, all you can see is the suffering everywhere you look. You feel as if the worst thing is happening to you. But remember that suffering is a kind of mud that we need in order to generate joy and happiness. Without suffering, there is no happiness. So we shouldn't discriminate against the mud. We have to learn how to embrace and cradle our own suffering and the suffering of the world with a lot of tenderness. Love that passage in this book. It is that reminder that when you hear the name or you hear the word Lotus or you hear me say it or you see it somewhere now, I hope that it inspires you to remember that the suffering is a part of life. Like the hardship, the dark times, it's a part of life, but it is what makes the sweeter moments sweeter. It's what makes the softer moments even more tender because you understand what it's like to not have that or what it's like to be in, in its opposite. And it just allows you to feel, you, you savor it more. When I think about my life and I think about the concept of a lotus flower, it just goes hand in hand. It goes hand in hand in a way that it had to be my name. It expresses who I am. It expresses all that I've been through. And I also really enjoy the fact that it provides this level of healing. When people hear my name, they're like, oh my God, what a beautiful name or this fits you or I love that you're named after a flower and it's like yeah me too I love that I'm named after a flower too my niece is also named after a flower which is really cool my mom is the Rose of Sharon it's this floral element too that that divinity that speaks to it and I've always always been very close with flowers because of the fact that they inspire me so much when I think about a flower I think about the unique beauty it adds to whatever space it's in and how it's not concerned about the next flower like a rose is not concerned by a sunflower and they're both equally beautiful in someone's eyes they bloom when they need to not being forced to do it. They bloom when the conditions are right. The same thing with the lotus flower. It blooms when it's time to. And it's that reminder when I'm on this journey of just putting myself out there via the podcast, via my classes, teaching, speaking engagements, that like it's let yourself bloom. Lotus flowers are known. There's that basis that it has like a thousand petals. Like each petal represents like a moment in life that is sacred and beautiful. Reminding myself that there's still unfolding happening for me and it'll probably be until I transition out of this life and into the next or whatever is happening afterwards, right? It just, it just feels good to know that. It feels good to be able to witness that in my name every day. So that's my first name, that's Lotus. Now, like if you call me Lotus, it makes more sense. And yes, I do have my full name tattooed on me in different ways. I have the lotus flower tattooed on my inner wrist. A lot of my hand tattoos are bitch slow down. <laughs> Don't turn up. That's really what the energy brings. My last name, which is La Loba, and that's tattooed here. I got it tattooed in Mexico because the story that I read, it originated in Mexico about La Loba and who she is and, and what she does. And when I heard it, almost what? I, I read this book in my late teens, early 20s. I was so moved. It's the first story of the book. And I was already heavily in tune with wolves as my spirit animal. I've always felt that like black women and black femmes are wolves. Like they're so misunderstood. They're these beautiful creatures that are so brilliant, that are so family oriented, that are so kind and compassionate and in tune with nature. And people, society has deemed them to be like these very aggressive, violent creatures. Like you watch cartoons. I watch them with my niece all the time. And I'm just like, this is not how wolves act. Let me like pause real quick and remind you. Okay. She's like, oh my God, auntie. Yes, I know wolves are not mean. They're not evil. Oh, I think it's so insane how media 
media makes them out to be these very vicious animals. And they're not. They're actually some of the most brilliant beings on the planet, just like black women. I've always associated wolves with women my entire life. Then to read this book, oh my gosh, yes, I am Maloba. That is who I am. I am the gatherer. So I'm gonna read you the story. Sit back again. That was like a little um excerpt. But this is this is a story. It's a story time. So don't mind me taking off the cover of my book. That's my business. Really one of my favorite stories. I read this story like every year and I cry almost all the time. La Loba. And La Loba also means like the wolf, the she-wolf, the wolf woman, however you want to translate it. And you're saying La Loba, my name, you're calling me the gatherer. You're calling me the wolf woman. And I mean, what a beautiful title to have. There is an old woman who lives in a hidden place that everyone knows in their souls, but few have ever seen. As in the fairy tales of Eastern Europe, she seems to wait for lost and wandering people and seekers to come to her place. She is circumspect, often hairy, always fat, and especially wishes to evade most company. She is both a crower and a cackler, generally having more animal sounds than human ones. I might say she lives among the rotten granite slopes in Tarahumara Indian territory, or she's buried outside Phoenix near a well. Perhaps she will even be seen traveling south to Monte Albain in a burnt out car with the window shot out. Or maybe she will be spotted standing by the highway near El Paso, or riding shotgun with truckers to Morbelia, Mexico, or walking to the market above Oaxaca with strangely formed bows of firewood on her back. She calls herself by many names, La Huesera, Bone Woman, La Trapera, The Gatherer, and, and La Loba, Wolf Woman. The sole work of La Loba is the collecting of bones. She collects and preserves especially that which is in danger of being lost to the world. Her cave is filled with the bones of all manner of desert creatures, the deer, the rattlesnake, the crow, but her specialty is wolves. She creeps and crawls and sifts through the montanas and the dry riverbeds, looking for wolf bones. And when she has assembled an entire skeleton, when the last bone is in place and the beautiful white sculpture of the creature is laid out before her, she sits by the fire and thinks about what song she will sing. And when she is sure, she stands over the criatura, raises her arm over it and sings out. That is when the rib bones and leg bones of the wolf begin to flesh out and the creature becomes furred. La Loba sings some more and more of the creature comes into being. Its tail curls upward, shaggy and strong. And La Loba sings more and the wolf creature begins to breathe. And still, La Loba sings so deeply that the floor of the desert shakes. And as she sings, the wolf opens its eyes, leaps up and runs away down the canyon. Somewhere in its running, whether by the speed of its running or by splashing its way into a river, or by way of a ray of sunlight or moonlight, hitting it right in the side, the wolf is suddenly transformed into a laughing woman who runs free towards the horizon. So remember, if you wander the desert and it is near sundown, and you are perhaps a little bit lost and certainly tired, that you are lucky for La Loba may take a liking to you and show you something, something for the soul. I mean, come on, like the story gives. Every time I read that, I'm just, first and foremost, I'm entranced. The writing is just creme de la creme. But everything about who La Loba is, is me. I am the preserver of what is lost to the world. I understand that the wisdom is in the bones of not only our cultures, but also even in society and being able to pull that together, despite being told that I was to be one way, that somehow, 
given all of this information that was supposed to deter me, I still found my way. I still transformed. I still celebrated. I still sang. I still connected to my ancestry, even when it was deemed demonic or savage-like. I still came home to myself. I still came home to that wild woman within me. And I will always be coming home to that wild woman within me because I am my loba. When you're in spaces with me and I am either sharing my insights or just sharing personal stories, like you, you witness the ancestral wisdom, the technology comes alive. And not, not like MacBooks and, and devices, but like the technology, the ancestral technology that's within us, that we operate on, that our energy emulates from. Like it, it's kind of like this on switch happens and you're forever unfolding in that experience. I mean, everything about La Loba speaks to me so truly. I think that's what also made it so special when I took on that name. Cause previously my name was like Lotus Knives. Cause I don't know if you guys know this, but I used to be a singer. So that was different. And that was also because of a different thing too. Like the knives really stood for that duality that I felt as a person where it's like this soft being who grew from the mud, but also like not to be played with, like as deadly as can be helpful. Cause life and death is on the tongue. All of that was my name prior to. And then I had this spiritual rebirth, if you will, or awakening. And I realized like, no, La Loba, wolf woman, that is who I am. That is who I'll continue to be. It brings me so much joy to carry that as my name. I carry my name as not only a badge of honor, but a prayer, as a blessing, as a form of inspiration, as a way to continue telling my story. So even if I say nothing else to you, but all you know is my name, you know so much wisdom because of what each name means because of the stories attached to them, the legacies that each name has, and that I get to carry those legacies and blend them together and create or add to, if you will, the legacies that already exist. And as a black woman, I feel like my blackness and my womanhood coming together to create that unique experience is just is this full circle effect when I think of who I am and what I chose to be in this life as a practitioner, as an active lover, you know, of life, as a beauty magic practitioner. Like there's so many elements who I am and it all stems from and is perfectly embodied in my name, Lotus Alova. So I thought it'd be really cool to share that with you. I want to know how you guys feel about the name. Like now that you have a little bit more insight to my name, was there anything that you didn't know? Or if you have any other stories about lotuses or La Loba and you want to share that with me, please. I love to learn. I love to be a part of that experience. I don't know. This feels so good to share with you. It's a shorter episode for sure, but I mean, it means, it means it's so intimate. It's so deep. I really hope that it, I don't know, inspired you. Look into your name and look at what it means. Get to know yourself a bit better, to dive deep and see what your name means. And if your name doesn't even have a meaning or a story associated to it, it's still your name. So it will have one eventually as you continue to unfold and become who you're becoming. Set an intention for what that can mean. Even if you feel like you have a more common name or things like that, or you have an extremely unique name. Like, I'm so happy that I got to share not only my name with you and the meanings, but also just two really important scriptures, if you will, that really helped me to move in life that continuously remind me of why I'm here and why I do what I do and why I am important to the evolution of society and that everything that I create from the podcast episodes, my classes, to the lives, to the content on my social media, they're all there to tell that story. They're all bones. And my prayer is that when I am an ancestor or even like an elder like that, those that are younger can find my work, find my expressions of self, 
find my insights and build on it or come back home to it. I love when like a younger person has listened to my podcast episodes. I actually have like baby Scorpio. She like, I think she turned 18 this year. And she's like really, she's a Gen Z-er. And she's, a, she's incredible. Oh my God, like, wow. And her and her friends, they were part of my membership at one time. And they were all like, you know, teenagers and just seeing them just come to life of like, this is how I feel. And I just didn't have a space to express that. And providing that space for them in the time that I did and just seeing how it validated them, leveled up their confidence. And it really allowed them to sit in their knowing, which I think is so important at that age because I really wish I had spaces like this when I was a teenager. I was, I was, I had to always cultivate them because that's the role that I play in this lifetime. But it's nice to know that people will have something to come home to when I'm dead and gone. And I mean, that just brings me so much peace. It's definitely a part of my why. And this episode contributes to that. So yay us. Oh man, wow, wow, wow. I mean, again, the level of intimacy, the level of vulnerability that I am providing this season is wildly uncomfortable. <laughs> but also, I'm just really excited and proud of myself for just choosing to show up in this way. Check out the email <laughs> for sure. There's another Lotus Love Letter coming to you, coming your way, so please check it out. And of course, run back any of the previous episodes, whether it's a visual one, or I even encourage you to like go way, 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 way back. I'll share the episodes of like my first, 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 first episodes when I talk about like the, the purpose of Loba Land and what it means, which hopefully you kind of gain the Loba Land, Wolf Land, right? It's like a play on. It's a space for you to come and, and run free and be wild with me. It also is a play on like Lotus in Loba Land, Alice in Wonderland. Like I'm always dropping, I'm dropping clues everywhere. My life is like this mystery that continues to unfold and you get, you get it in different ways. You get it from the podcast, you get it from the email list, uh, you get it from teaching, in my classes, you'll get it from one-on-one -on -one sessions. So I just encourage you to engage in as much of it as you can, as much of it that feels good. I love you so much and I will see you or you'll see me or we might see each other at the same time. I don't know. And I hope you have an amazing everything. <laughs> Bye.